Christ be above us, Christ be below us, Christ before us, Christ behind us, Christ beside us, Christ be with us. Amen. I'm very close friends with a good shepherd. Well, well, a, a good shepherdess, really. I mean, she's a girl, a lady. She looks after her flock. She watches the perimeter of the land. She looks out for strangers. Pretty sure she's chased off bad guys sometimes, maybe even a few predators. She has an intense desire to take care of all the people within her flock. And you know, to boot, she's pretty smart. She can solve problems. She's fun-loving. She loves to eat really like steak. Loves going on long walks, having long conversations. She has gorgeous hair. She has one blue eye. She loves her flock with all her heart. And you know, sometimes when you meet this shepherdess for the first time, she'll be very suspicious of you. And then after a while, she'll decide you're okay, and then, and then you're not a threat to the flock and you're okay. Not only that, she'll maybe even include you in the flock after a while. And you know, like the good shepherd that Jesus describes today, the good shepherdess that I know, well, she knows the voice of her flock. They know hers. And, and when, when we come into her lands, sometimes when we're in the edge of darkness, she'll look a little concerned. And then when we say hello, she suddenly bursts into absolute ecstatic joy that we're there. And she guards the doorways where her, where her flock is kept, sometimes laying across them. And she certainly does not run away when things get weird or scary. In fact, she runs toward the trouble. On the contrary, when things get weird or scary, sometimes she has even made her mark. And this good shepherdess, well, her name is Alice. She has four legs. She's our Australian shepherd dog. And like I said, she's a great shepherd. She recognizes her people, even when we haven't been around her for a long time. And I'm pretty sure she would even lay down her life for us. And you know, we all kind of understand the, the idea, the image of good shepherding, don't we? The king of love, my shepherd is, is probably one of my favorite hymns. 23rd Psalms, the first uh, bit of scripture that I learned in public school in a different age. When I was in third grade, my teacher, Miss Lyra Booker, made us all memorize the 23rd Psalm. Which y'all did a really good job on leading us on today, by the way. And so we all know about good shepherds. And, and all of you, if you sit and think for a moment, you probably, at this moment, can name people who are good shepherds for you. And if you think back far enough, all of you can probably remember the good shepherds that you have had 
in your life. And you could probably name uh, characteristics of those good shepherds. And so we are surrounded by good shepherds, aren't we? But you know, Jesus, at least during the time that we hear the most about him during his active ministry, he was not surrounded by many good shepherds. In John 9, just before he gives us this lovely bit of poetry, this imagery of who God is and who he is to us, Jesus And the disciples see a blind man and the disciples ask that great question. They say, who sinned to cause this man to be blind, himself or his parents, totally missing the mark? And remember how Jesus responds. He spits in the dirt, makes some mud, and he rubs it in this man's eyes. And the man can see again. But then the Pharisees call this man out on the carpet. The Pharisees really feeling threatened. Um, really feeling like their their community is is under threat with uh, the work, the healing work of this itinerant preacher, this Jesus. And they try to get this man to deny that Jesus healed him through uh, as, a, as a holy work of God and that, that Jesus was a man of God and a prophet and he would not deny this. He just said, all I know is this man healed me. And so... When this man will not deny Jesus, they throw him out. Pretty bad shepherding, wouldn't you say? First of all, telling a man who was once blind that that he was blind because somehow he deserved it. Somehow someone did something that he had no control over that caused him to be blind. Jesus comes through all that noise and heals him. And this healing stays with this man and he refuses to listen to them. And then Jesus tells the Pharisees that they are the ones that are really blind. And he goes on to describe what the good shepherd is like. And see, in Jesus' day, these were the voices that people were listening to. These were the leaders that surrounded the people of Jesus' day. These were the shepherds of the many flocks that were in Jesus' day, telling people who they were. So, maybe on this Good Shepherd Day, we might uh, do well to think a bit about bad shepherding, perhaps. About the pervasive influences that, that, that guide us sometimes, that feed us, that sometimes move us to action and even keep us in inaction. What are the voices that we listen to? The voices that tell us who we really are. You know, our our phones, these little things that we carry around, they they turn out to be a a pretty impersonal but really pervasive influence on our lives. And you know, they even know our voice, don't they? Last night, my wife was was trying to get Siri um, to find a recipe for her online. And all we have to do now is say, hey, Alexa, hey, Siri. We get custom-fed ads for stuff that we probably like. 
I tend to get a lot of weight loss stuff lately. Go figure. You know, sometimes I even listen to them and I click on their links and I buy the stuff that they tell me that I need. Not only that, but I find myself lately addicted to uh, the endorphin rush I get from this little uh, drug called Outrage. And you know, my daily dose I have every morning as I stroll through the news feed. And I know that many mornings the first thing I look at or think about is found in the Guardian or Huffington Post. And I find fresh outrages to get my heart rate up, to keep my anger fresh. And like the people of Jesus' day who were spiritually blind, this can keep us spiritually blind, can it? We listen to all these bad shepherds around us and we can't remember who we are anymore. We can't remember who who each other is anymore either. We're kept divided up and split into various demographics. And it seems like our souls are not led by the king of love, but they're led by algorithms, aren't they? But we have a shepherd that we can trust, don't we? And thank goodness, because public figures, and I mean all of the public figures here, I'm being nonpartisan in this moment, public figures on a national level especially always seem to tell half-truths and often seem to be more interested in their own self-interest than in us and often seem to have questionable loyalties, don't they? So the influential voices of our day are not voices like Jesus, but they're the people who spend hours with us on the TV and on our phones, not by laying down their lives for us, but by lording some image of what life should be over us. So I think we know a lot about bad shepherding too, don't we? But we have a good shepherd. And this is the good news. We are given an alternative to this. Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is the one who knows our voice. Jesus is the one who will be with us in good times and bad. Jesus is the shepherd, he says, who leads us not by command and control, not by violence or or deft use of the shepherd's crook, but by self-giving love. So on this Good Shepherd Sunday, our challenge today is to discern those voices that we let into our lives and to work to turn our ears and our hearts towards the Good Shepherd. It is in that moment in that time when we turn ourselves towards the Good Shepherd, it is then that we we can take on the work of being promoters and consumers of, of, a, of voices that promote this Good Shepherding, can't we? We can be the voice of the Good Shepherd. We can double down on our commitment to go outside of these walls and to seek those who have been excluded, to seek those who feel cursed, in this day and age, to seek those who uh, the people of this day and age say deserve their fate. 
We can seek those people out, that lost flock, and be their shepherd. Be self-sacrificial towards them, just as Jesus was self-sacrificial towards us. We can do this with our time. We can do this with our prayer. We can do this with our attention and energy. And most importantly, we can do this with our economic and our social and our cultural capital, friends. Because, friends, we know good shepherding, don't we? Because all, all of us are like sheep that have gone astray. And all of us have been led at one time or another back to goodness and mercy by so many good shepherds. And then we can see one another for who we really are. The blindness can fall from our eyes and even amidst the noise. Sometimes we can be and we can hear the voice of the Good Shepherd.